Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, of course, we're going to get a federal budget uh, fairly soon. And what kind of a direction are we expecting from this, this budget? Uh, Certainly last year's federal budget was rather tepid and uninspiring. We saw a fall fiscal update from Finance Minister Bill Morneau that really emphasized competitiveness. But should we expect any big splash on that front in this upcoming federal budget? What about the deficit? It, It certainly doesn't seem as though the liberals are in any hurry to get back to a balanced budget. And certainly they've been running deficits that have been higher than those promised uh, back during the last federal election campaign. Well, hopefully the feds are open to hearing ideas. Uh, The C.D. Howe Institute has some very intriguing ideas about what should be included, what the focus should be in this upcoming federal budget. They have released today less debt, more growth, a shadow federal budget for 2019. Joining us to talk more uh, about all this, very pleased to welcome the program, William Robson, president and CEO of the C.D. Howe Institute, cdhowe.org. William, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, In terms of your expectation about whether indeed the federal government is prepared to focus on competitiveness, uh, prepared to focus on spurring growth, I mean, how optimistic are you? Well, I wish I could be more optimistic. The government has uh, really adopted as its signature policy that it's going to run these deficits. And when revenue has come in above expectations, as it often has, because the economy has been quite strong, uh, overall, uh, uh, clearly in, in Alberta, uh, people are people are hurting. But the federal revenue has been coming in ahead of expectations, and what they've been doing is they've just been spending it. They've been uh, putting aside very little toward the bottom line, and uh, for whatever mixture of political reasons, this seems to them to be a, a, a route to success. But for the country as a whole, it's not a route to success. Uh, we all know that you should set something aside for a rainy day. Uh, the expansion's getting a, long, a bit long in the tooth. And so uh, an underpinning of what we've laid out here is that we should see a path back to balance. We think that would be very helpful. It would be very confidence-aspiring. It would help Finance Minister Morneau say no to more of the things he should be saying no to. And at the same time, there's a bit of fiscal room to do some things that would really help uh, with growth and competitiveness. So we think we can have both. Well, and that's an interesting question because, uh, you know, and certainly when it comes to balancing the budget, we have seen in the United States uh, an obvious emphasis on tax reform, spurring growth, but a complete disregard for, for balanced budgets. But, but can we do both? Can we be fiscally responsible, bring down the deficit, but also reduce taxes, try to spur economic growth? Yeah, I think it is possible to do. The thing that's alarming about the U.S. situation, and it may actually be hurting investment, it may be one of the reasons why that uh, sort of sugar high from the tax cuts uh, dissipated so fast, is people, when they when they look ahead and they think, well, this is just going to lead to higher taxes or program cuts, but you don't have a sense of, you know, exactly when or, or how, uh, that's a very bad situation for any business that's thinking about making a long-term investment uh, or for people who are thinking about what, what they want to do, where they want to live, and so on. So I do think that it matters when you've got a situation where you simply have not spelled out how all this gets paid for in the long run. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to balance the budget tomorrow. Uh, And as in Alberta, the province of Ontario has got a problem in that respect as well. Federal government 
uh, not realistic that they're going to suddenly roll out a balanced budget in the upcoming fiscal year, but if you yeah. show people a path towards balance and it's one that they find believable, then those concerns that you have about confidence uh, become way less serious, and then people, you can count on some of the other things that you might do with taxes and programs and so on having the effect that you want. Right, yeah, and that, that sounds pretty reasonable to me. So when we look at competitiveness, where, where is Canada lacking? Where, where do we begin in, in addressing our competitiveness? Well, what the feds did in the fall statement when they moved to faster write-offs for uh, all kinds of equipment, uh, that helped a lot. Uh, it, it addressed head-on one of the big things in the, in the U.S. tax reform. So uh, I'll, give them, I'll give them credit for that. Um, but I, I don't want to overstate it because it was almost like the minimum thing they could do. They, they sort of suggested that that's all that needed uh, doing, and that's not the case. We've got other competitiveness problems in Canada. Uh, faster write-offs help, but we don't have any kind of big uh, uh, corporate business tax rate advantage over the United States like we used to. And let's face it, they got the bigger internal market, there, and, and Trump's pretty protectionist, so... Uh, if you're wondering which side of the border to locate on, uh, it'd be really good for Canada to have some advantages uh, other than that that fast write-off. Uh, turning to the personal side, uh, we have quite high personal income tax rates in Canada, and they kick in at quite low levels. And w- you're seeing a lot of head office movement. You're you're seeing a lot of talented people uh, that are. Uh, feeling quite unwelcome in Canada. At the moment, we're benefiting a bit from the fact that the United States has become pretty, pretty hostile to uh, uh, immigrants, and there are people who are thinking of leaving there. But we shouldn't be counting on that forever. So on both the business and the personal side, we've got some work to do to make sure that Canada looks attractive. Certainly, the, the corporate tax side of things, I mean, that, that's important. Canada has been competitive up until recently. There, there's an obvious need maybe to address it, but does it, does it begin and end with the lower corporate tax rate? Well, there are, there are more things that you can do, uh, and uh, in our shadow budget, we're not recommending anything uh, overnight here, but if you look around the world, there are some smart ways that uh, countries have been thinking about changing their corporate taxes to do a number of things. One of them is just to encourage businesses to uh, locate their activities and, and earn their income in your country as opposed to somewhere else where the tax rates are lower and the provisions might be a bit more congenial. Uh, but the other thing that's a problem with the current corporate tax system in a number of places, including the U.S. even after their reforms, is this, this very strong bias towards debt. And there are ways that you could reform the tax system that would make it less, uh, uh, there'd be less incentive for, for businesses to load up with debt, which is deductible from tax when the dividends they pay aren't. So in the shadow budget, we talk about some of the things that have happened in other countries, and we think that in the long run, you, you could go in that direction. Uh, in the short run, though, uh, you do want to react to what uh, the, the United States has done the faster write-offs. We think we could uh, lower corporate tax rates in the short run, uh, because if you do nothing, the message that businesses have been hearing in, in Canada very strongly for the last little while is that uh, you know this isn't a government that's interested in business. It's not a government that's interested in economic growth. Their priorities are somewhere else, and you know that naturally causes people to think, well, maybe the next thing I'm going to do won't be in Canada. It'll be south of the border or maybe overseas. Now, addressing our competitiveness might be a way of, of spurring growth, but uh, this, this shadow budget, uh, you know, suggests that we go beyond just tax reform. That you know, with with concern about slowing growth rates, maybe even a possible recession, uh, that there's a lot we can do specifically to encourage growth. 
Well, some of the things that we are looking at don't necessarily cost a lot of money. Uh, there are many things in Canada that are a problem for an aging society. Uh, when, 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 you know, there are people who work in the public sector who uh, have a lot of saving happening, or maybe the taxpayer is going to back their pensions, and they can look forward to quite a comfortable retirement. But for most Canadians, uh, there's a, it's a pretty uncertain future. You're constrained in how much you save. You're forced to start drawing it down uh, pretty early. A number of other provisions that uh, sort of nickel and dime you or prevent you from splitting incomes. Uh, we've got a lot in this shadow budget that I think would be helpful for people as they're thinking about saving for retirement or once they're in retirement that don't really cost the government a whole lot. Uh, similarly, uh, thinking more about the, the business side and how attractive Canada is to, to do business, there are all these frictions at the border. Uh, a lot of that stuff wouldn't cost a whole lot to uh, clean up, and, and we can uh, do some things there as well. And then finally, I'll just mention uh, that the, the government made a lot of very, very big dollar announcements about what they were going to do for infrastructure. In fact, that was the original justification for running deficits. Yeah. They haven't actually done all that much. Uh, the feds don't control a lot of infrastructure directly. A lot of this stuff's been transfer payments. A lot of it's getting very much held up because, after all, major projects don't move ahead very easily in Canada. And one of the things we say is focus a lot harder on the things that you can actually move yourself Forget these big dollar promises that aren't going to happen. Do something with ports. Do something with airports, and uh, you'll get a lot more bang for your buck. One other aspect that I wanted to highlight that seems interesting because um, we're, we're moving toward, of course, a federal price on, on carbon that's been somewhat contentious. Uh, you've got a different approach for addressing emissions. Uh, explain what, what that would be. Well, the background here would really be uh, kind of calling the government out because we hear a lot of rhetoric uh, all the time about, well, what they used to call global warming and, and, uh, and, and carbon emissions and all that. Uh, but when you look at what they're actually doing, uh, a lot of it is uh, a bit symbolic. A lot of it is very intrusive. Uh, and when you look at the uh, estimates of what you would actually need to charge for carbon dioxide emissions to make a meaningful difference, I mean, to get us to the international targets that we've committed to, it's not going to happen. Uh, and so what we've said is if you're really serious about this, then instead of or uh, alongside, and we know the, you know there's, there's court challenges to what they're doing with the carbon tax right now, uh, what we've said is if you're really serious, then put a higher GST rate on transportation fuels. Uh, it, what we've said is uh, 10%, so instead of the 5% that applies generally, 15%. Would this be politically popular? No, it would not. Uh, we, didn't not. Do it, we didn't do it for heating fuels uh, on the grounds that uh, it, it's less anyway to begin with, and mm -hmm. also you know, staying warm in the winter is less optional than, than some of the driving that you might do. But really, it's calling the government out and saying, if you are serious about the things that you keep telling us you're serious about, then you've got to do something that's really going to hit hard, and it will be politically unpopular. But otherwise, we're in this kind of spin cycle of endlessly hearing about all the things they're going to do, uh, and, and maybe this whole plan's going to fall apart. Uh, and, and, we, and we won't accomplish the things that they say they're uh, determined to accomplish. So uh, if they're serious, they should act seriously. And, and what, what would be done with that revenue? Would that go specifically to, to green initiatives? Would that go back in rebates? Would it just go into general revenues? Yeah, it goes into general revenue. And in our plan uh, here, as we've laid it out, it does help to get the, uh, uh, get the deficit down. 
but you know, just to, it, as I say, this thing is written, uh, you know, without the same kind of political filters on that the government will necessarily uh, be be thinking about itself. But I, I go back to what I said: if you're serious, you have to change people's behavior, uh, and the way that you can change people's behavior is by. Uh, doing something a bit more dramatic there than what we've seen. Uh, I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they are actually serious in, in the way that they claim. Uh, and if and if they continue to move along with the, this carbon uh, price, this backstop system, the one that treats various provinces differently, uh, I just think it's politically uh, problematic. Uh, it may not hold up legally because it's very intrusive in a provincial jurisdiction, and and it won't even work uh, when it comes to getting the carbon dioxide emissions down. So it's I don't think it's a, a, a good path they're on. All right, well, very interesting. People can read more on all of this. Again, cdhow.org. Uh, William Robson, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.